Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody. Another fun episode. Yep, here we go again. Keep going back, back, back in time. I know. This is no exception. This is the farthest back I think we're going to go, though. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to make it further back than this. No, we are drinking Wehanstefan or something. I mean, maybe someday we'll, like, uncover beer <gasps> from, like, a shipwreck or something. I mean, that would be sweet. I would totally But I don't, that. unless we win the lottery. The of that, like yeah, we talked in about. the previous episodes. And yeah. I didn't mention that as one of the possible cool things that I would try to do, but that's probably shipwreck? one of the. Totally. Yeah, I'm I would in. try to find do shipwrecks. That would yeah. be cool. I like it. Add that in. All right. I'm adding <laughs> adding shipwrecks. But uh, yeah, Wehan Stefaner is the oldest brewery in the world. We're not getting older than this. Yeah. So Sweet. that's and what we're And we're fortunate enough tonight. to be able to have it. Right? I which know. Which is How pretty cool great. That? Yeah. It's from 1040, which is like what they said, like the high middle ages is what this is considered, which is kind of It's such crazy. an amazing thing for us to be able to say on this podcast. We're drinking a beer that originated uh, yeah. a, from a brewery that yeah. originated from the high middle ages. Yeah, crazy, craziness. I've never had this beer, so I can I'm say- I'm pretty sure I've I had the never. first one that we're going to drink. All right. Okay. So we're going to open one. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so we're original premium. Original premium, which we had a, a very short conversation about what beer style that is because it doesn't really say anywhere. And Lauren and I kind of intentionally avoid learning too much about what we're drinking mm-hmm. before we drink it because we want to experience it. We do not want a preconceived anything yeah. about this. So. And so as far as we know, this is just a premium It's like lager. clear. <laughs> yeah, that is. There's like a very faint yellow orangish color to this it this is it's like literally yeah like i need soft to, i need to do a better washing soft. better job washing this well, glass that one, yeah that's a little bubbly it was an it's probably dusty yikes which is probably from all the work i had done in my house but look at that like it's it's like i can see you in it barely it's barely colored yeah <laughs> all right oh, that's better dropping stuff over here pay no attention to me mm-hmm. Fantastic head though. Like Oh my god. It tastes fluffy. so good though. Ooh. It tastes so good. Oh, that's really good. So you know how when you're drinking like uh let's say Coors Light and not to compare this to but that's what I'm gonna do. Um It's probably the color. Yeah. Like this actually is what you wish mm. it tasted like. It's just so it's crisp. crisp and flavorful though yeah not the watery watered down not yeah i mean and you ever there course light has its place but oh like, certainly <clears throat> i had uh almost two at a bowling alley recently <laughs> let's see there you go uh but this is this is everything that you wish course light would be 
Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Which I got to say, we're not there yet, but kind of wants me to bring up our discussion topic because (laughs) we're going to talk about failure. And I'm sort of like, so this is what was out. Yeah. When they started making Cora's Light. And yes. And then they made Cora's Light. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, this is good. And they yet they couldn't do this, <laughs> which is what they've been doing since the high Middle Ages. So, well, and maybe that's think. why it's so good. It is. The experience counts for something. But this is so I got to be honest, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this isn't going to have a lot of it's flavor not to be it. Good. Right. Because it's very pale. It just doesn't just doesn't look like there's much to it. But then when you taste it, it's crisp, it's clean, it's like got a very nice flavor to it. It doesn't have much of an aftertaste honestly at all. Um it just kind of goes down smooth and it's really got that cold, like, I would think. Yes. It's got that, you know, when they say that beer is liquid bread. Yeah, it's got this that. This is what you are this is what you're thinking about when you say yeah. something like that. Because it's just got the the basic ingredients that are in all beers just yeah. like really shine in a in this beer. Yeah. It doesn't it tastes Does better it have than a it strong smells. Aroma? I didn't it, really it give did it a whiff. to me when I first poured it. Yeah. See, that's so, what made me think of Coors Light, actually, because I think from an aroma standpoint, it's very similar to some of those like North American domestics. That's fair. That's fair. And I think that's why when I first smelled it, I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But it's great. But it's the perfect. flavor is great. And the color is meh. And the aroma is meh. But when you taste it, you're su- pleasantly surprised. But isn't that amazing? That's, that's how I feel about the... Yeah, this premium, what, original premium. Original premium. I mean, hey, that's all you need. It's the original. It's the OG. Like, literally. Right? Like. <laughs> Quite literally. Literally. Yeah. Like, there isn't another one. No, this is this is the OG of beers. So let, let me all hear right. this cool-ass history about Wines, Johann Stefaner. Yeah, well, Hans Stefaner. Well, Hans Stefaner. Well, Hans Stefaner. Well, Lauren and I have yeah, said like, it, like, uh, like a million times 50 point, times right? since we agreed to do this yeah. brewery. <laughs> Stefaner. Yeah, because I'm sure I'm doing it wrong, but it doesn't matter because the beer's good and I'm going to keep drinking it. So, uh, okay, so like we've said, they are the oldest brewery in the world. Um, There's another brewery that started 10 years after them, um, Uh but they are officially the oldest brewery in the world. It started out as a monastery brewery, so similar to Ondex that we've talked about before. Sure. um, In the high Middle Ages, 1040 is officially when brewing began. Um, between the years 1085 and 1463, this brewery burned down four times. It was depopulated by three different plagues, famines, and earthquake. It was plundered during the 130 Years' War and the War of the Spanish Succession, and they kept rebuilding over and over and over again. So they are persistent. If nothing else, they are very persistent. I love it. Lots of things tried to get rid of them and they just kept coming back so yeah this is a this is a great uh success story of the years totally um you mentioned that this is brewed with the the basic ingredients so in 1516 duke wilhelm issued the bavarian purity law which actually states i believe somewhere on the bottles i saw that um and it's stating only barley hops and water can be used to brew beer and that is exactly what is in this barley 
hops, and water. Nice. That's it. Um, so in 1803, the monastery was actually dissolved. So it is no longer, we can't say that it's the oldest running monastery um, run, which we did with our previous, one of our previous episodes. Um, but it, the ownership actually transferred to the Bavarian state. Okay. So they actually own a couple of breweries um, that the government owns. This is a government state-run brewery. Um, And they actually, in 1921, it actually became known as the Bavarian State Brewery of Wahanstefan. um, And they used the seal of Bavaria on their logo. So they're all intertwined with that government, with the government there. Um, But so in... 1803, the monastery dissolved ownership, became Bavarian state. In 1882, the Central Agricultural School moved to Wahanstefan and it included brewing students. So this was one of the first times that actually brewing students at the college level were in this town. Uh, in 1919, it became the University of Agriculture and brewing specifically and really developed into like the center of brewing technology around the world at the time in the early 1900s um Hmm. so right now it is both the world's oldest brewery and one of the most modern because it is also certified eco-friendly so it's certified according to the eco management and audit scheme of whoever Um, but they have targets to conserve water (laughs) consumption of energy and electricity they have a modern logistics center that actually is CO2 neutral uh, and their entire energy supply for that building runs on 100% green electricity. Wow. So they are both the oldest brewery and one of the most modern in that's so the world. Cool. So it's really the what best a, of both that's worlds. That's awesome. Like it's, yeah, so it was, it's, it's very cool. Very cool. So yeah, so that's my spiel about Hans Stefaner. I feel um, like that was wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> I feel like I could read an entire book about this brewery. And maybe I will look for one. There's a bunch of like the oldest breweries really are, are fascinating. You know, there's yeah. so much um, that uh, history. I will say though that there's not a ton of history prior to more modern times. So even like Ondex and some of the other ones that we've done, like there's a big blank of yeah. like between the 1100s and the like 1700s. Right. Well, that even like even like a, a lot ton. of what you said, there was a period there where you talked about like yeah. the wars and things like that, yeah, which they happened burned kind down of in four that times. So dead like, period. Yeah. There were probably records that were gone permanently that never came back. So missing um, beer recipes, even probably. That's so sad. Uh, most Isn't likely, it? right? Um, but yeah, so super interesting. Really tasty. I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, at this. this is fantastic. So, you should order this if you find it out, yeah. you guys. You should yeah, definitely this order is definitely it. one that everyone should try. Um, so we'll we'll continue. I'm gonna pour myself some more original premium. I'm gonna just call absolutely. Hans Stefan or OG, and uh, <laughs> we briefly touched on our topic for today. So let's continue on that path in the failure and disappointment. Yeah, let's realm. talk about how. We're not going to start a business that lasts for a thousand years. Um, (laughs) No, not happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is tough. This is a tricky episode for topics. Um, You know, dealing with failure and disappointment is something that literally every single person on the planet can relate to. So in that regard, this is great because sometimes I feel like we talk about kids 
and maybe there are people who don't have kids listening and are kind of like, oh, I don't know what that experience is like. Yep. Uh, nope. But Everybody not today, fails. you guys. <laughs> That's not going to happen to you today because we've all failed at something. Yeah. My husband always tells me that I don't enjoy doing things that I'm not good at, which is totally accurate. Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't think most I people inherently like to do things they're not good I at. I used to like, feel that way about fractions when well, I was in third grade. Example. And now I don't do fractions There's no reason. as a grown-up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they have calculators for. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, failure failure is hard. Like, yeah, it, it is. It is for for everybody. You know, I I definitely even as a kid remember not liking not being good at something, and that definitely molds you into kind of moving different directions of things you are good at. So, not a bad thing, but you also have to become a good sport and yes. recognize that. Failure is an opportunity to learn, not necessarily just an indication that you're not good. Like, yes. Well, and you brought up kind of the subset of failure, which is losing, mm-hmm. which is yeah. definitely something that can be really hard to handle, especially early in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, every kid has moments of being a bad sport Yes. For, yes. as a winner or a loser. <clears throat> yeah. True. And, uh, you know, obviously we've probably experienced our own children having those feelings. Mm-hmm. I remember having those feelings, being a bad sport at things. I yeah. was uh, really competitive when it came to, like, family game night, mm-hmm. like, for some reason. I, w- I could handle my basketball team losing a game. Mm-hmm. But if I but lost at, at the Monopoly card game something. we were playing, I would just <laughs> flip the table. I would get so irritated. I, maybe it was, like, an individual thing. It is interesting because, like, my – the twins – Sometimes they could care less if they win at a game. So, like, my my twin boy plays lacrosse. And, like, they're not great, you know? And, like, he's okay with that. But then, like, he'll not get, like, a question right on something. And he'll be, like, in the corner, like, almost crying. Like, it's okay. And my daughter, she's so sensitive sometimes. She, like, (laughs) so we're trying to make them be more independent, and she, like, takes a shower on her own, and she's, like, trying to learn how to use a hairdryer. Oh, jeez. I recognize it's kind of, like, awkward to hold that and dry your hair or whatever. Man, Um, I still don't do a good job at that, so I can't Yeah, so I totally don't blame her. But she, like, I told her, oh, your hair's still wet. Like, let me help you. And she, like, started crying. She's like, I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I didn't do it right the first time. And I was like, that's okay. Dude. That's going to happen to everyone if you do something the first time you're probably always gonna get it wrong unless yeah. it's a fluke like but like it's the weird things that they get upset that's, about failing yeah. at i'm like i don't understand what's going on right now yeah get it. that's really interesting <laughs> that's really interesting you know um I tried to think about some of the things that I've had been disappointed about or sure. I've considered failures <clears throat> and it's funny because as an adult you probably only remember like the actual bigger things yeah yeah you know i mean for me like there were sports in high school that i w- moved away from or walked away from because i viewed them as failures you know yeah. i wasn't oh, totally. i wasn't starting so i was like well i'm not good at this why or should i, wasn't I do good it? enough for it yeah exactly totally yeah uh you know i applied for to a lot of colleges in high school and a handful of them i didn't get into yeah and i viewed that as a failure mm-hmm. Uh, it was schools that took like test scores very seriously, and I'm not a no. great test taker. I, I don't That's know what fine. the reason Lots is. Lots of people aren't. Yeah, yeah and uh, and my test scores were okay, sure, but not amazing. And mm-hmm. as a result, I didn't get into some of those schools. And I remember being 
disappointed, but not like a wreck about it. And I don't know if my previous experiences kind of helped me deal with that disappointment. I think probably they did. I don't remember like crying in my room over not getting into some colleges that I applied to. Um, I remember when we were seniors in high school, I remember feeling like a failure because I wasn't in the top 10 students in our graduating class, which I know seems probably super weird. No, um, I mean, everybody has their own memories. Like, I don't even remember who was in the top 10 well, students. Well, and the only reason why this is a memory for me is because it was like the day we were doing like rehearsal or something mm. for graduation. And I was walking behind two girls that you mm-hmm. and I both knew very well okay. that I won't name. Yeah. Um, and they were chatting and they were both in the top 10 oh. students and had some had a conversation that basically centered around how much graduation was a waste of time for people who weren't in the top 10 students. Mind you, we weren't even like a top tier high school. No. So like nobody cared about us. You know, (coughs) and I was like, and you were, I don't remember, but I was like, and I was like 24 or something. It's not like I was like three, it's, you know, and, Anyway, I remember that because at the time I was looking at my friends, people who I considered my friends mm. and peers, kind of making a judgment about me. Yeah. Based purely not knowing that I was on, there, based yeah. purely on a ranking system Which at our high school. So, yeah. That had all these factors involved in yeah. them that were some of were some were choice. I mean, if you chose not to take an AP class one semester, your grades were weighted differently than Yeah, or even if you did courses. take an AP class and you didn't do great at it. Like, exactly. Against somebody else who didn't take any. Like, there's, you know, it's not an equal denominator yeah. here. So Anyway, I just remember that experience, and I remember that sticks with me more than being disappointed about not getting into a college. And I think it's because it was personal. Yeah. Because I was looking at somebody who I cared about right. and hearing them say that just kind of felt like yeah i could totally see personal. that a college admission is a letter like it's not you're not meeting that person it's not a judgment against you it's literally a ranking like it's literally just yeah they saw a number and whatever you sent in and that's it but it's easier to detach from that because it's not somebody you know telling you yes. you're not good enough you know Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely can, can get, can understand that. I, uh, I definitely don't remember what number I was. I have zero idea. I don't remember m- much of that. <laughs> the, the, any because of that. honestly, even though I do recall that specific story, it yeah. doesn't matter. Right. But so. it's, again, it was something personal because something, someone said it. And I, sure, I definitely but if I hadn't had that, that experience, right, if that hadn't happened have. to me, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Where I fell yeah, in the no ranking idea. of my high school class, literally, no because problem. I it wouldn't yeah. there would be no memory to stand out to remind right. me of that. But that's the interesting thing about some of those memories of failures is it sometimes has to do with the situation in which you're in when Absolutely. you fail. So like if you fail at a game but nobody cares and everybody's like, oh, good job, it was fun. Or like, you're playing it by yourself. Yeah, then nobody knows and there's no one to tell you you weren't good enough. A lot of failure when it impacts you is because someone else makes a judgment based off of your performance. Sure. And those are the memories that you stick with you, or at least I, well, I, that, I feel like because that. that brings in embarrassment. Yes. I think, yeah. and I think that plays such a huge part in when you feel like you failed. Totally, because you're embarrassed about yeah. whatever the thing is. Yeah, we um, this is 
a little off base, but so my job, um, historically, so I've been there for 14 years. And when I first started, we essentially were like, nobody makes an error. Like you just, you don't make errors. You don't make mistakes. Like that's, if you do, you're reprimanded for it and you get feedback and it goes on your record. Uh And that's how it's always been. And now we're trying to transition to this much softer management style. Whereas it's not a bad thing, but it's very, very different. And so everybody's like, what's going on? Um, That failures or errors are learning opportunities. And if you make a good decision, but it still winds up with a negative outcome, that's not a wrong decision. It's not an error. It's just a learning opportunity. And it's a good way to, it's a good way to live. It's a good way to manage, but it's like polar opposite of what we've always done. Sure. I'm in management. I tell people when they screw up, like that's been part of my role. And now I'm like, well, how can we learn from this? What can we do? How can we make this better? Which is great, but it's just very different than well, what, what we're used to. Well, it's got to be an adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, half my employees are like, so it's really hard to reprogram my brain to be like, it's okay to make mistakes. But that's what we should have been teaching everyone is it's okay to make mistakes. Right. Like that's what I'm sure you and I want to teach our kids. Like, it's okay to make mistakes. Well, absolutely. And the conclusion here at the very end is it's got to be that, you know, you have to grow from mm-hmm. these experiences yes. and take away, you know, my takeaway from the high school random experience is is actually more so to teach my children some humility and mm-hmm. to not talk like that mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. And it's hurting someone's feelings, mm-hmm. the potential to hurt someone's feelings by saying something like that, mm-hmm. so worthwhile. I mean, those two girls that were having that conversation mm-hmm. – I guarantee you neither of them remembers that conversation. Oh, I'm sure. It clearly wasn't And I've important. never forgotten it. Right. Yeah. And it's 20 plus years yeah, later. For sure. And you have no idea what your impact can be on somebody. That you could say something yeah. 20 plus years ago and that person will remember it and will come back to it. Yeah. That's totally true about everyone. Like you never know what words are going to stick with someone, good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah. They just certain things resonate with different people for whatever reason. Absolutely. But the negative things, I feel like we need to be more careful about and better about the positive things. The positive things usually don't get said as often as they should. The negative things, people aren't as careful about. Sure. So, but yeah, you know, and I, I really, I, I'm thinking as we're talking that you know my twins, one of them is my boy twin is is very smart but i definitely feel like he needs to recognize that instead of finishing something and then just moving on like either be humble about it or help people or something but like i don't know if we've ever had the conversation with him that like if somebody takes longer to finish something that's okay everybody learns at a different pace i feel like he probably picks that up because of his brother and sister uh-huh. but i don't know if we've ever explicitly said like just because you finish this first doesn't mean anything right like it <clears throat> doesn't mean you're better it doesn't mean any it literally means nothing right like so it's an interesting perspective that i should just make sure that we're making sure our kids are humble about the things that they are good at you know it's i think that's something it's a hard lesson for kids to learn when they 
when you want to boost their self-confidence. So a lot of times you're coming at them from the other side and you're trying to like, be like, you're great and you're doing great. And I'm really proud of you. And this is really wonderful. And so then when there are moments where maybe they are all of those things you just wanted them to be, you want them to react to you by being like, oh yeah, thanks to my team and everything right. was great because True. we tried as yeah, a team. Yeah, we worked and, together and or, we got there. well, I did really well because my teacher taught me how to do this or you mm-hmm. taught me how to do this yeah. or I was, you know, I this person helped me do it yeah. or whatever. Not and, take all the credit for doing something positive. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a very fine line sometimes. Like, we want you to do all these things, but then we want you to be humble about it when you do win or do do well or do succeed. And it's tricky. <laughs> I think that's so tricky. And I, But I believe that that's, like, the best possible outcome of learning from failure is seeing things from the other side of the situation and realizing what it's like to have lost something or to have mm-hmm. considered it a failure and how you deal with that. Yeah. And then you refer back to that moment when you see somebody else fail. Yeah. And, and if if it's at to your benefit, then you know then you know how to handle that situation at the time instead yeah. of just rubbing it in someone's face. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean again, we've we've all failed and I think that it's like we have to teach our children how to fail gracefully absolutely. almost. <laughs> I, I absolutely so. think that. You know, my Oh, to get into some more specific examples, mm-hmm. my oldest son uh, decided he wanted to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And he's 10, almost 11, and this was last fall. Okay. And so he's a little bit older mm-hmm. to be starting a sport a new like sport. this. Yep, that's true. But that he really wanted to do it. And he played some, but very recreationally in school. Sure. And he did like a camp a couple of summers, and, but a very low-key, like, you know, at the school that some teachers yeah. were running and things huh. like that. But. But still, you know, I mean, for soccer, not just like a sports camp. Mm -hmm. And so he knew some of the basics and had some basic skills, but was pretty new to the sport. And we were very worried that he was going to internalize Mm. the failures, his own failures or the team's failures. And I will say that from the start of the season to the end, and I've talked about his progress in this sport specifically on Mm -hmm. the podcast, but like... From the beginning of the season to the end, I noticed a very stark difference in how he handled failure, hmm. whether it was the team losing the game or whether it was him struggling to dribble down the field mm-hmm. without being intercepted by someone or or passed to somebody or something like that. Um and he began to handle it very, very well. That's great. And also handled winning very well. You know, mm-hmm. when the team was successful and they would win, they were excited, but they congratulated the other team. Yeah. And that experience was 100% positive for him. Yeah, that's great. He got better at the sport. He enjoyed himself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overly difficult for us to have him in the sport mm-hmm. in the sense that I didn't want to kill myself every yeah, time I had no, to drive somebody fair. to a practice. Yeah. Uh, and... He gained a lot from it yeah. emotionally. That's in my great. Opinion. Yeah, I think that. So my daughter doesn't do any organized sports like at all. She does dance, which she's not good at. Um, and she's fine with not being good at it. Actually, mm-hmm. she's so that's why the not being able to dry her hair thing is so weird because normally she's actually pretty good about not being good she's at things. She's just like, oh, like, I need help. She is a horrible singer, but she sings at the top of her lungs all the time. And I'm like, do you want to do singing lessons? 
no, it's fine. Okay. Like, she's not good. And it's not that it's dance that she's not good. It's acro. So it's like part acrobatics okay. and sure, part sure, dance. Sure. And she's just, she's not built for it. Like, okay. she's not tall and lean and like, just, just not. Um, And so she's not great at it. And she knows it. And she's fine with it. So like. The, but she enjoys the, it. Yeah. And well, yeah. And she might not do it next year. She might. She really likes just like ballet, which fine. But like she's usually pretty good at not being good at things. So like the contrast to like I didn't dry my hair right the first time was such a stark just difference that I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. Like what? Why that? So like maybe the like sports school thing she gets but like in life we have to enact those same things like in every aspect of your life it's okay to not be good at it the first time that right. goes with literally everything like right. if you're cooking a meal if you're doing whatever if you're tying your shoes like anything anything but like the weird weird things she's like really upset about not being good at yeah and so i guess we need to to figure out how to help that but it was just very interesting because normally she's totally fine if she's not like good at something right uh more so than probably her brother because her brother's usually pretty good at a lot of things he's not great at lacrosse he actually did a camp where he was one of the worst kids on the team and he was pretty okay with that too so like it's like the weird, I don't understand what things they're okay with and what things are not. I, yeah. I, I my can't follow. younger child, my eight-year-old, mm-hmm. seems very at peace with, like, not having to be the absolute best, like, at soccer, for example, mm-hmm. okay. which is, you know, he also plays soccer. Yeah. He's a little more naturally talented and does seem to have mm-hmm. some very good athletic ability. Yeah. But he, when his team loses, mm-hmm. he, he seems mostly indifferent to that. Okay. He's just That's sort right. of like, oh, I scored a goal. I guess, you know, we lost, I know, and the other team scored on us a lot. And he's just kind of like, let's go home. Yeah. Whatever. However, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned this before, he does struggle with areas that he doesn't feel like he's all that's like, confident. Mm. So, like, reading. He doesn't like reading. Like your husband says about you, like you don't like to do something you're not good at. Yes. Yeah. And which, by the way, yeah. Right? Welcome to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like who doesn't? I mean, I know I joked and said like fractions. Doing but, like, things they're not good at. Uh, Nobody. There's a lot of stuff I don't like. You know what I also don't like doing? Pull-ups. Yeah. There's a whole why? long list. Because I'm I can't. not good at them. Yeah. There's a really long list of things I'm not good at that I just don't want to do. So, yeah. And yeah. Uh, thank God you're an adult right. for the most part. You I don't, don't have, have to do any to. of those things. <laughs> or, you know, occasionally you do have to renew your driver's license and you do it that one time and then you hope that five years later you, you're dead before you have to do it again. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I understand. But, <laughs> but he feels that way about reading and mm. it's not... I don't know if it has switched over to just being an activity that he doesn't particularly enjoy, mm-hmm. but there was a period where it was because he did not, he was not great at it. Mm, okay. And he felt, and I believe this, mm-hmm. that he was getting older and should be better at it. Oh. But he also fell into that period where he was in kindergarten when they got sent home from school yeah. and had not mastered reading yeah. at that time. Right. 
and, and then he was home. He was with me. Yeah, as I his can't. Teacher. I'm not a reading teacher. I don't know how to teach a kid. My how kids to read. are lucky that they did learned anything while they Absolutely. were home. Absolutely. And so, as a result, I mean, you know, I probably could have taught him how to run the printer at the sure, stop, but not read. At or least not to in my customers house. Customers on yeah. the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I can but, teach you things I know. Yeah. Reading is not. I could it. probably teach him some cooking. Mm-hmm. But seriously, I think that there was a period where. He felt, because he had older brother, maybe it was more obvious, oh, but he yeah. felt he should have been more successful at this thing earlier on. Okay. And so there was a time where he didn't want to do it because he wasn't there yet. Okay. And so I think that it's a bad example of how he dealt with failure because now it's kind of turned into something I don't think he particularly enjoys mm. doing. Okay. And obviously he's eight yeah, he has change. no choice. He's going to have to read. And you're right. You know, and <laughs> but, he can yeah. read. There are many times where we're like, we're sitting there and we drive by something and he reads like this big, long thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude. Yeah, you just read that. I had to read. I had to read the paragraph on the screen when we played that video game. You could have read that. And he's just like, oh, well, I'm not that good. You just <laughs> read this challenging yeah, you, thing you, right you're here. Fine. You can do it. And so I don't know if he's switched over and, mm. and just doesn't particularly enjoy it. But yeah, he so, still but looks at it as a failure, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that even if it never becomes like the pastime he enjoys, sure. that's totally fine. I get yeah. that. I know you love reading. I go in waves yeah. with it. There are times where I am where I read quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I'm actually in one of those periods okay. where when I have free time, I will sit and read more often than other yeah. things. And... um. But I also go through periods, and sometimes they're very yeah. long, where I don't, I don't really read. I'm like, I'm too tired. I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll fall asleep. I won't, yep. re- I won't generate any new imagination from this. That, so yeah. I'm just gonna go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. You know, I think that in general, um, when it comes to disappointment versus failure, mm. I feel like uh, I really want my kids to understand that they will be disappointed. Yes. And that it is what you said about work, where it is about learning from it and and Mm -hmm. kind of moving on from there. But it's also about making sure that you care about your happiness. You know, like I said, with high school sports, I mean, when I reached the point where I realized I was going to be sitting on the bench, but practicing the same amount as the starters. It wasn't enjoyable. It was a failure. It was a disappointment. But the lesson... Mm-hmm. Was to move on yeah. because I was going to be unhappy, and that's and okay. Yeah. That's something that I think that, as a result of failure and disappointment, being willing to like examine the situation and walk away from it because you don't need it mm-hmm. is a good call. Yeah, well, that's my daughter, so she doesn't love the class that she's in, and I told her I said you don't have to do it after this year if you want to try something that you enjoy mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. um then you definitely can like i don't want to waste your time at 7 doing something that you don't enjoy this isn't something that you like were gung ho about and like it was just an activity and honestly this kind of fell into it because it fit into our schedule sure. so like i'm I not pushing it to be like oh you need to keep it keep doing it like if you really aren't great at it and you've tried it's not that you just gave up that's the other thing like just because you're not good at something doesn't mean you shouldn't try right. so you have to try and give it your best effort and if you're still either not good at it and you don't enjoy it 
then that's fine. You, you can move on with right. your life. Like right. that's not, I don't want to push you into doing something that you're not going to enjoy. Now, if you just try it once and then you just give up because you're like, I'm not good at it. That's probably where I'm going to draw a line and say, okay, you have to at least give it an actual effort versus just giving up because right. you just don't want well, to. Well, and, and but, sometimes that's laziness. Yeah, that's not necessarily a, failure, yeah, right? So, yeah. cuz I my son who does karate, who's mm-hmm. been doing karate for years now, has moments where Saturday rolls around and he has karate at one o'clock on Saturdays, which is a new thing for us. We oh, didn't used okay. to do karate on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you. Mm. We could stop. Yeah. That would be okay. With yeah. Me. <laughs> I struggle. It's like the worst time on a it's weekend to do such that. It's <laughs> a bad time. It's, I wish it was nine in the morning. Yeah. Oh, I would totally do it first thing in the morning you and know, get it done with. Yeah. Like at one in the afternoon, like we were going to maybe go somewhere for one of the weekends of spring break. And my initial reaction was, well, we could, and we could just skip a karate, Mm -hmm. but we've like missed a handful Uh, over the last few months for various reasons. mm -hmm. Once we were out of town for a different trip, once we didn't go because it was like the day before our trip and we didn't want to go. And like, I'm just like, this Saturday karate is wearing a little thin and the session ends in like two weeks and I'm like, maybe we reconsider. you don't have to do this one again <laughs> you know and it's funny because he goes and he loves it when he mm. gets there and he goes he loves it okay. when i'm trying to get him to change his clothes to get, to get ready to go oh, yeah. he, he is just like to. i don't want to do this i don't want to go anymore <laughs> and it's not failure it's not disappointment no. it's not struggling it's laziness yeah, and that does come yes, into play yes. it totally does yeah that's totally different than you're actually like not good at something absolutely all right well i'm gonna open up this other one let's do it Half of let's drink beer. one of my favorite beer styles sarcasm yeah my uh the twins have been big on pointing out every time someone is sarcastic these days i love it so like anytime sometimes someone in front of them says something they're sarcastic they go being sarcastic are you and I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so that's a new thing that we got going on in our house. <clears throat> so this is much, much more golden. Much, much more golden. But look at that head. Holy it's crap. It's like huge. an inch and a half. Like, that's I giant. poured about three inches of beer and about half of it is head. Right? Seriously. About half of it's head. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. great. We're going to give it a second here to settle, I think. Yeah. Before we start drinking just the head of the beer. <laughs> because that's exactly what's going to happen here. So, yeah. yeah. My, um, the, the twins are also not great at being disappointed at things that they want. Ah. So, like, they want to go somewhere mm-hmm. or to see mm-hmm. someone or, you know, whatever activity it happens to be. And it doesn't pan out the way that they want. Ugh. That side of disappointment, they are really bad at. Like, they get upset when they don't get to do something that they were looking forward to, which I get. Like, everybody gets disappointed. It's all in how you handle that disappointment. And that's really all to do with failure, too, is it's all in how you handle it. Yes, absolutely. So we're, we're working on that with them because disappointment to them is very hard right now. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You know, I should mention when I was talking about my son in karate that Mm -hmm. um, he did a tournament maybe about six months ago. 
And he'd never done a karate tournament before. Oh. And the difference between the tournament and like basically class, everything yeah. else, class, and then they do belt tests yep, and things like that, yeah. um, is that tournaments are, are basically all points, competition mm-hmm. against a group of individuals that are in a similar level as you. And they give you po- they assign points based on mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, whether it's sparring. They do forms, and then they also do what's called a kata, which is like a series of forms okay. that you do in a certain pattern, basically. Okay. And um, if somebody who is good at karate just heard that description, I hope that was good enough. <laughs> but um, my son had never done oh, okay. that in a tournament form. He's done all of those things sure. in class, but right. never in a tournament. And he went the first time mm-hmm. and did not do great. Okay. He had a hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, got knocked out in the first round of each of the events that mm-hmm. he was participating in. Came home very, very disappointed mm-hmm. to the point where I was worried he wasn't going to want to do karate anymore. Oh, wow. Which was worrisome because he's been doing it for years. Right. Um. And we had the next tournament roll around here, and it was actually just a, well, a week ago oh, okay. at this point. And uh, he did much better. Well, that's he good. He didn't win sure, any sure, events, sure. Uh, but advanced a couple of times well, in some areas. Good. And But he still had a hard time expe- accepting where he ended up, mm. like rank-wise, in this tournament. Okay. And it made me realize that his confidence about karate is really good, is really high. Mm-hmm. But the balance to that is that he is good, and he has a lot of knowledge, and he is skilled at karate. But the difference between... What he was doing in class and what he was doing against this wide variety of students in this tournament just fell in a different place. Yeah. And so his expectations versus reality were just, like, not exactly Mm. the same. Yeah. And so he was still pretty disappointed. Um, My husband, who took him to the tournament, was very impressed. Felt like he did very well. But we did agree that, you know... The next tournament rolls around and he doesn't really feel like going or he just wants to do the one event that he was actually the most successful because you can sign up for as many or as few as you like. That he could just do that. Sure. And do what makes him happy. Like I said. Our kids are not. Yeah. Our kids are not going to like they're not they're not going to go pro in any of the things that they're doing. So like this is really for social entertainment you know. Well they have something to pass the time right. It's basically a hobby. It's good for them. Yeah. But. Yeah, you don't want to be pushing them to do something they're not enjoying. All right, let's drink this. Uh... Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tastes like a Hefeweizen. One of the things I dislike about Hefeweizens is they have a little bit of like a bubblegummy flavor. You're totally right. It does. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I, I've i strongly disliked this beer style for a long time. Okay. and it's And it's been a long time since I've had one. Because I intentionally avoid them. But they pop up a lot when you drink, like, German beer. Because the Germans love this beer style. And um, this is good for for a Hefeweizen. It's really good. Didn't we drink one when we did that Least Favorites episode? I think Dovetail makes a Hefeweizen. Which is not surprising at all because... It was totally Dovetail. Dovetail. It was that white and yellow, white and gold. Yes. Yeah. And 
this is good for a Hefeweizen. Sure. It's just not my jam. But this is a... Even compared to that one, which was like a year ago that we drank it, mm-hmm. um, maybe longer. It's probably maybe longer almost now. two that years was one ago. Of our first, yeah, was maybe early. almost because we were Zoom recording that episode. <laughs> I remember that because we talked about. I think that was the one where we talked about Tiger King. <laughs> Could be, maybe, but um, Comparatively, this yeah. compared to that. Thank you. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. is better i think yeah. this tastes better than that. if you like a half of ice and you will love this beer yeah so that's pretty much just throwing that out there it's not my favorite beer style either it's just it's just not yeah i mean there's a handful of beer styles i don't love and this is one of them yeah. cream ales is the other um, cream ales I'm not a fan i just can't i just you know i just can't get behind him it, that's so it, funny it's just, a friend of ours a friend of mine from high school mm-hmm. that you probably remember, Mike Rammel, oh, yeah. occasionally brews ciders. Oh, and okay. he was like, "Oh, I brewed a, br- a beer. A- Excuse a beer. me, I he brewed, brewed a beer. A beer recently. I was chatting about him. It's totally random. I borrowed something from him like 20 years ago, <laughs> and he was like, "Do you still have this thing?" And I do. Wow, I found it shocking. by the way. It's on my dresser right now. All so of I don't this is shocking. Forget to give okay. it back to him. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but he was like, "Oh, I brewed a cream ale." Oh. And I was just like, you did, huh? <laughs> of course you did. And in my head, because when he first you were initiated like, oh, wanna... conversation. I mean, he could come over, we'll drink it. But I, I, will I was like, oh, maybe we'll have with... him on the podcast because it would be fun to have more people like from long ago. Yeah. I love that idea. It That's totally fun. totally goes along with you know, us. You know, talk about the worth days. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, okay, we can do it. If okay. Mike's willing, we can do it. Okay. I just well, will we go always into drink, it saying, you know. We'll, I think he makes what? meads too. We we'll, could drink a we'll, mead. We'll, we'll discuss, but yeah, the cream ale is of course the one. <laughs> but that I was I like, oh, cream ale. Yeah, of course it is. Perfect. <laughs> Lauren's is. gonna love this. Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy bringing it up to her. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I will say this OG. I'm gonna stick with that. The original premium Wahan Stefaner. Big fan. Absolutely. So we're gonna go back Absolutely. to that one. If I, you come across it, especially in your German beer halls, you should oh, drink it. Oh, for sure. Like, and it, the summer's coming. Like, mm-hmm. this is the perfect like outside, just mowed the lawn, cold yes. beer. Like, forced to go to your kids' baseball right? game perfect. and sneaking a beer in. This is one hundred percent what you should be drinking. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I so. agree. All right, fantastic. Well, it's been fun. Yes, and we went back in time to a psychotically long time ago. A long, long ago. And I really enjoyed that. Me too. All right. Let's call it there, and thanks for joining us, you guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week and cheers to you all.